0: Hi. Welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. If you've lived around here for a while, you probably remember when uh, Atlanta was in the grip of a drought. One evening during those days, Clark uh, burst through our front door exclaiming, there's a waterfall in the driveway. This is not his customary greeting. And so Clark and I rushed out into the front yard and. Sure enough, a good 20% of the front yard was covered in water, which had begun cascading picturesquely over the retaining wall, thus creating a waterfall in the driveway. So we dashed back inside, ran downstairs to the basement, began turning every knob we could find, and then making phone calls, and I'll skip you, skip the details, save you the whole saga, and just get to the thing that we finally learned, which is that drought-stricken plants desperate for moisture Will actually send out their roots with the mandate to find water or die trying. And some particularly intrepid plant, <laughs> I have long suspected the Nandina, <laughs> had sent out its roots and had found the original terracotta pipes that connected the city water main to the plumbing inside our house. And once it found that treasure. It was so determined to own the prize that its little roots crept patiently and persistently along that terracotta until they found a coupling between two lengths of pipe. And there, they set about infiltrating that joint with such vigor that eventually, they popped that thing wide open and all of the water, and for the record, it's a lot of water, All of the water that flows from the city water main was just gushing out into the soil in front of our unsuspecting home. So that is what we had to deal with, and we did. And the Nandina was probably overjoyed by all this and is still probably heralded as a local hero by the other plants in the front yard who also reaped the benefits of this few golden moments until Clark came home and shut that party down. But you gotta hand it to the Nandina. It did what it had to do in order to thrive. And that more or less is what Jeremiah is encouraging his people to do in the text we read today. Jeremiah lived in the turbulent times before and during the Babylonian exile, prophesying against his stricken people as they vainly put their choice in strategic alliances, military might, political leaders, false gods, anything except Yahweh, the one true God. While today's excerpt is not typical of Jeremiah's usual scorched earth style, It certainly carries Jeremiah's theme. The text lays out a clear dichotomy, cursed or blessed. Those who trust, and this is the sense of rely upon, those who rely upon themselves, those of us who rely upon ourselves so much that our hearts turn away from God, we are cursed. And the word heart here carried a fuller meaning for Jeremiah than it does for us. For him, the heart was not only the seat of emotion, but also of thought and will. It is our inner self. So when our inner self turns away from God in favor of self-reliance, we are cursed. Now, this cursed is not God's saying, I curse you. This is not a matter of God punishing us. It's a matter of our self-reliance, rendering us accursed, doomed to live a small, pinched life. When we rely on nothing more profound than ourselves, we are stunted like a shrub. And listen again to Jeremiah's description of our surroundings, desert, parched, wilderness, uninhabited salt land. That last one is as bleak as it gets. Nothing flourishes in a salt land. And as bad as that sounds, it's actually even worse, because stuck in this barren wasteland, we are so focused on mere survival, which brings to mind the last two years, I think, We are so focused on mere survival that we, quote, shall not see when, not if, but when, we shall not see when relief comes. And the word here translated as relief is the word shalom. When our heart relies on our own power, such that our inner self turns away from God, then we are scraping by in such a withered way that we can't even notice God's shalom when it comes to us. That is cursed indeed. And I bet I'm not the only one who has felt stuck in a salt land a lot lately. By contrast, and what a contrast it is, Jeremiah insists that those who trust rely on God are blessed. Instead of existing as a dry, prickly shrub, we can flourish like leafy trees planted beside waters. And this planted actually connotes transplanted. Hold this image in your head. We didn't just happen to spring up in this lovely spot. No, we have been carefully rescued from some less habitable place and deliberately resituated into this lush with promise environment. I love that as a description of God's work in our lives. Here in our transplanted state, we send out roots that connect us to life-giving waters so that when… And again, not if, but when, when the hot and dry seasons come, we do not cease to bear fruit. In fact, when the tough times come, we do not even become anxious. That is blessed indeed. This well-watered, fully fruitful tree image likely sounds familiar to you. We spoke it in today's call to worship. It comes from Psalm 1 which is among the latest psalms to be composed, and so the psalmist was almost certainly echoing Jeremiah's metaphor. And the psalmist wasn't the only one to revisit Jeremiah's work. Centuries later, Jesus is also riffing on the prophet's text when we hear him teaching in Luke's gospel. Except Jesus isn't echoing Jeremiah's imagery Jesus is echoing Jeremiah's stark dichotomy in which people are either blessed or not. Blessed are the poor, Jesus begins. Now in the Gospel of Matthew, the writer adjusts that phrase to read, blessed are the poor in spirit. But Luke is focused on literal economics because a moment later Jesus adds, woe to you who are rich. Luke's Jesus continues, Blessed are you who are hungry. And again, Matthew will spiritualize this into, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But Luke gives it to us straight, adding, Woe to you who are full. Princeton seminary professor Cleo LaRue quotes his childhood pastor as saying, A woe is a misery without a remedy. And that's what we encounter in this gospel. Jesus prescribes no corrective course of action, no remedy, just the misery of, woe to you who are well like us, rich. And let's not try the so-and-so is richer ploy. Yeah, 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 no. We are rich. Woe to you who are rich and who are full, and Jesus offers no, therefore do thus and so remedy, which is probably why I gravitated to the Jeremiah text. Oddly enough, it's old doom and gloom Jeremiah who offers us this hope of remedy, and I am so grateful because in times of transition, times like those Jeremiah experienced and times like those that this congregation is experiencing, and times like those that this nation and this world are experiencing. In transitions, it is especially tempting to rely on ourselves. And when we are rich and full, well, we're all the more likely to trust in ourselves rather than in God. The irony is that during any transition, during any change, the one constant, is God, the one we can rely upon. But here's the puzzle I've been puzzling all week, the puzzle of agency. The Nandina took it upon itself to go and get that water. It had to save itself. But what about us? What part do we humans play in this remedy that Jeremiah is prescribing? Now, I am steeped in the Reformation tradition, from John Calvin to Karl Barth to Martha Moore Kish. All those theologians have given me the soul-deep conviction that it's all grace. I do not believe that I can do something, anything, that will earn my salvation, nor do I believe that I can do something, anything, that will earn damnation because neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God. And yet, my inner self can and does turn away from God, serving up the lie of self-reliance, which leaves me in the condition that Jeremiah names as cursed and describes as salt land. If instead I trust in God, then I am transplanted out of that parched wilderness, transplanted by God to a blessed riverbank, and there I to send out roots to that life-giving water by which God sustains me so that I bear fruit even in seasons like this pandemic. Do you hear how intertwined God's agency is with human agency? Jeremiah plainly states that the one we must rely on is God, not self, and yet I myself and to send out roots that reach for holy water. So yes, it's all grace. And yes, thriving in that grace involves actively responding to it, engaging with it. That's how we live out our reliance on God. It all comes back to trusting God. That's the choice Jeremiah sets before us. Our hearts can rely merely on this mortal plane and thereby live a grasping life so shriveled that when God's shalom comes to us, we fail to notice. Or our hearts can rely on God, and thus we are led into life so abundant that when hard times come, we feel no anxiety, no desperation, but continue to bear fruit. When that Nandina sent out its roots in search of water, it did so out of desperation. It was forced to fend for itself, which is totally different than our sending out roots in grateful response to God's goodness seeking to become ever more fruitfully connected to the source of life-giving sustenance. I do not have the Nandina's ability to forcibly access a conduit of life otherwise denied me. I cannot pry open some closed-off pipeline of life-giving waters. Thanks be to God, I don't have to. The life-giving grace of God is never withheld from us. Trust that, church, and live that by letting your fruitful deeds express that trust. Because blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. They shall be like a tree, planted beside waters, sending out its roots by the stream, it shall not fear when heat comes and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious and it does not cease to bear fruit. May each of us know the truth of that promise, trusting God's grace and growing toward that grace. So that our deeds may bear fruit in all seasons. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C O V P R E S A T L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.